Whether you're starting out, settling into, or scaling up your freelance business, navigating the ever-changing marketplace can be challenging. That's why the Freelance Heroes portal is the best place for you. On top of the essential practical support and resources available, the Freelance Heroes community provides moral support too, to help you go it alone without feeling alone. We like to think of the community as virtual business sidekicks, always there when you need them. For greater presence and support to help your freelance business grow, join Freelance Heroes. And right now, you can also try out our gold membership for one month for free. Sign up today at freelance-heroes.com. Hello there and welcome to the Freelance Heroes podcast. Ed Goodman here, delighted you can join me once again as ever. Now, this week we're covering three big topics with a bit more as well to boot. Uh, We're talking about pricing. So for example, uh, should you charge by hour or should you charge by results or project? We talk about whether pricing should be on your website or not and whether it is a black and white issue. Uh, Not only that, but this week we talk about what it's like to say no to a client, either in the pitching process or even if you're negotiating over the contract, maybe even just before you hit the go button or maybe even after you've started working with them. What's that like to say no to a client? How do they react? In fact, if you've not done it before, how should you say no to a client? And thirdly, we're talking about the image of freelancing. Too often do I see the words just a freelancer. You're not just a freelancer, you're the future of work and that's what we're going to be including today too. And this is taken from a new series that we launched called Thank Freelance It's Friday. It's live in the Freelance Heroes community, it's live on YouTube, just search for Freelance Heroes there, every Friday midday uh, GMT Um, and it's a discussion about topics like this and more each week. And this is our first episode where I chat with freelance designer and wordsmith Helen Hill. Uh, And it was so good, we thought, here it is for the podcast. So enjoy. Hello and welcome to this, the first of Thank Freelance It's Friday. I've been agonising over what to call this. And I decided to go with Thank Thank Freelance It's Friday. I've just got to make sure... I don't have a slip of the tongue somewhere during during the title for it. Um, So, uh, yes, welcome. And I'm delighted to have Helen Hill um, kind of hosting with me this week. Hello, Helen. How are you doing? Hello. I'm great. Thank you. Good to be here. It's very exciting. It is. It is. Uh, I am. uh, um, I'm I'm very excited about this because the premise of um, Thank Freelancers Friday is to chat about how the week has gone, um, chat about some of the hot topics in the freelance heroes community and and give people some kind of comment, a place to hang out, but also to learn from as well. So um, if when you do want to add your comments, then do pop them in the comments box below wherever you're watching this and um, we'll get through as many as we can during our time together. So firstly, Helen, how, uh, well, introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about who you are uh, and where in in beautiful Yorkshire you are. Hi, so yes, I'm I'm also known as Unlikely Genius. So I'm a learning and content designer and I do a bit of graphics as well on the side. That's actually where I started out. And so yeah, I'm taking lots of people's, what was face-to-face training and moving it online at the moment. So yeah, quite busy with that. 
I am based in West Yorkshire, just in a little village called Cullingwood, just outside Haworth, all the Bronte country area. So very nice, lovely countryside up here. Because yeah. I, I, I know a lot of people agonise over what to call themselves. There is this unlikely genius. I love that because <laughs> there's a positive element of the fact that, you know, you're a genius of having chatted with you a couple of times i have no doubt over that and there's a self-deprecating or not self-deprecating that sounds unfair i guess a, a humbling element of the fact that you call yourself an unlikely genius i think it's a great combination where did it come from yeah well i think i've always that term experts which you know keeps it does particularly get bandied around a lot when you're a freelancer and taking on contracts but um it actually came from the fact that i'm a total blonde dits i fall over i mean i've just knocked a bottle of nail varnish all over the kitchen 10 minutes ago um i fall over daily and it was just that thing of people never expected me to come out with clever stuff or achieve a's in my subjects and things like that so yeah when i was at uni and i was just finishing my masters and looking at how to put myself out in the world um earlier that day i very much had that conversation of people going well, that's actually really good Helen and it and it was born from that <laughs> so, yeah I'm a big Dis Disney loving child but um sloth loving bunny mother um, <laughs> please tell me all of that is on your business card that'd be great pretty much yeah <laughs> certainly on my LinkedIn profile <laughs> yeah so it's just come from that really but it's it's got such a great um gets a great response that name it really I bet does, it does. Yeah. I bet it does. Um, it's a phenomenal name uh, and uh, one that kind of helps stand out. And it's great as well because it, it doesn't tell you what you do, but it, it's quite, you know, it makes me want to find out. And that's yeah. even before getting to know who you are. Um, so, yeah. Um, and because I cross quite a lot of areas, it's good because it's not pigeonholed me. I've been able to branch into all different things. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely working. <laughs> So we've got quite a few things to cover this week. Um, we're going to uh, discuss what it means to be a freelancer um, and why that's come up in conversation. We're going to discuss something that was raised in the community last night about whether you should display topic prices on your website and also the impact of saying no to clients too. And, and also how, you know, especially whether we should compromise on that area when we're looking to find new clients. And for many, it's harder to find new clients in the environment yeah. that we're in so a lot to get through and again if you've got any comments then then pop them in the comments box below but i want to start just by asking you helen how's your week been yeah it's been a it's been a good one i think i've, I've got to that point i think in lockdown where my brain's slowing down <laughs> and uh every week's merged into another one um but uh, yeah i mean i started the week with some absolutely lovely feedback from a from a recent client and that kind of you know set me on a good path for the week i think so that's been really nice yeah. Good. There is um, uh, a wonderful, that uh, reminds me of a tweet. I'm going to just say, go to um, uh, Victor Sachs. Uh, he's on Twitter um, as, um, well, A, he's a, a fine fellow, but he's on Twitter as Smart Sachs, S-A-C-K-S. And he did a very funny tweet um, uh, a little while ago, which um, I can't repeat just in case there are kids kind of in the background <laughs> while we're watching this. <laughs> but it's it's very funny and kind of connects that, that lockdown feeling too. Yeah, um, but there is a lot to, to to get through as well. And of course, if you do want to um, connect uh, with Helen, um, then we'll put the contact details up later. But you can visit Helen at unlikelygenius.com. So, I think that freelancing has a bit of an image problem 
So yeah. freelancing, um, and this came out of reading a, a book which um, is out in the UK uh, on the 1st of March uh, called Human Cloud uh, by Matthew Matola. And he's going to hate me by the fact that I can't remember his co-author's name. But um, I can't hold a physical copy of it because it's, um, uh, it's not out yet. Anyway, um, so there is this, um, there is a wonderful kind of notion, of course, that freelancers, of which there are so many, are great you know business owners having to deal with juggle a lot of things um and are have such a plethora of skills about them too um mm -hmm. that helps them to run their own business and being a designer or a coach or, or va or whatever it is they're doing but it's more than that so freelancers are are, are you know helping bigger businesses and yes. uh, helping uh to um support the greater economy by giving the tools to um startups I, I did a chat for the podcast this week with uh, andy lambert at content cal um who very much says you know content cal was was launched in early 2017 and without freelancers we wouldn't be here yeah end of story um and why so what does being a freelancer mean to you is my first question alan why do you think that there is this identity crisis yeah it's quite it's quite an old-fashioned opinion isn't it i mean I, I did recently see a tweet by someone who said freelancers are just people that can't get a proper job and i, I mean <laughs> just obviously that please point those exciting. out to me when you see them yeah. i sometimes feel like a rant is needed and those are the oh, kind yeah. of people like to rant at she got one <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, it's really difficult because i know a lot of people have never been in in the situation where they've been self-employed but freelancers are people that have got so much to offer and it's not just about that skill that's for your industry like in my case e-learning or design you do offer so much more than that and you know it's even down to personality some of my clients have just been so thankful that i've made a process fun for them and that you know they've really welcomed me into the team as a result and that's where brilliant relationships are formed. And, you know, if someone only needs that specialism for a certain amount of time, then you can move on and help the next company and the next company. Why Why wouldn't you want to do that? It's it's a fantastic job. And I, I must say, freelancing has saved my sanity and my health. It's brilliant for me. I really struggled in the corporate world, and that's actually what I'm writing my book about. And so be it working for myself, having some control and actually just being able to deal with lots of different people and share my expertise more widely is fantastic for me and my clients. So, I think, I mean, there. what I like about that too is that when you are doing that and you move on to the next client, you take the experience of the previous yeah. client with you. Andy Lambert in the podcast talked about how, you know, they have an idea that they go to a, a freelancer and say, this is what we want you to do, or this is what we want you to write about, or whatever it is that they're employing their services the freelancer for. And the freelancer will come back with, however, instead of that, have you thought about this? Yeah. Because I did this with a previous client, or this worked, oh no, I hadn't. And that breadth of experience of working with multiple clients, as well as the multiple skills needed to be a freelancer, I think is the bit that's underlooked the most in this. Yeah, and um, I think the other thing is that that I've noticed with the freelance community is they're so fantastic at saying this is a brilliant project, but I don't think I'm the right one for it. But I know this person that will be amazing for you. And I've done that for other people. They've done it for me. And it's led to some fantastic projects. So instead of just putting someone on a project because they're your employee and you've got to, you can find the person that is absolutely perfect for that job. And 
again, why why wouldn't a customer want that? They give, they benefit so much from that. Um, oh, Justine Pavini said, completely agree. I'm glad. Yes, no, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, And I think many will as well, because I do think that part of the identity crisis from the freelance community does come from within the freelance community. Oh. And that could be a lack of confidence, but I understand that. Um, but there's also an element of, so I remember, so when you join the Freelance Heroes Facebook group, for example, um, well, you, you're asked three qualifying questions. One of those is, what area of freelancing do you do or do you work? And I remember... One person responding with, I don't really consider myself a freelancer because freelancer signifies a lack of intent or lack of growth or intent to grow. And I thought, well, that's I mean, not that every freelancer has to grow. I did a poll recently as to what you want to achieve. And many freelancers mm. saying, actually, we just want to stay free. And that's great. Yeah, um, because there are so many businesses that are going to benefit from the support of that. But, you know, that in itself, it could growth could be an increase in services. It could be um, an increase in um collaboration with other freelancers to provide a collective it could be building an agency it could be something else but i do feel that it comes from within and i don't think the word freelance needs to change i just think we need to talk about it with yeah. a bit more confidence i'm not just a freelancer i am yeah. a freelancer and i think that's the difference yes very much so and i, I agree i mean the growth thing is i've you know when i've gone solo i my plan was never to have an agency and people keep saying to me am i going to start employing people and blah blah blah. and that's not what i want that's not why i've gone freelance to start then hiring other people and all the stuff that comes with that but i've taken on subcontractors associates to help me out on projects um, because i was getting quite a lot in and it was a shame to keep saying no when i could get some people in and you know we can both work on things together and that that's the way I'm going to grow. And also, I am an eternal student. I obsessively pick up hobbies, skills, courses, books, everything. I, I, am, I love learning. So that's my area of growth. And the fact that I don't have to go to a boss now and say, can I go to this conference? Can I go on this course? I just do it. It's so freeing for me. And obviously, all that's feeding back into the skills I'm giving the customers. So, yeah, I mean, everyone's different. Some people don't want to do that. And that's that's absolutely fine but it, it's just given me so much freedom. Yeah. And, and it's so much more value adding. I think this is mm. more than just a, what does it mean to be a freelancer? For me, this is a call to arms. Mm. This is that freelance is the future of work. That yeah. businesses of all types and shapes and sizes are going to require the support of freelance either in part or a small part or great um, to help them to, to grow. In fact, um, big fan of freelance heroes, Alex Hughes, who's a great supporter of many businesses. He spoke at, um, uh, at Freelance Heroes Day um, in November. Um, and, you know, his shift his community is empowering so many business owners and bringing businesses and freelancers together too. And he says, every one of our businesses wouldn't be able to achieve what they have, what they have and continue to do so without collaborating with freelancers. Um, and, you know, that's the, but again, it comes from that internal, internal, um, uh, way that we describe ourselves yeah yeah definitely yeah and there there is a a, a kind of underconfidence issue sometimes and you see it particularly when it comes to you know charging what what rates am i going to charge this customer and you know a lot of us hate the whole sales thing or having to pitch or write a proposal but you do it because it's you know it brings the business in and it's part of what you do you accept that that's part of your part of your running your business but yeah, the, I think as a collective, we need more confidence in what we're doing because there's so much amazing stuff going on and you see Absolutely. it all the time. 
Yeah, no, there is. Um, and, you know, it, there's we all get there because Bernie says uh, Bernie Mitchell, who also spoke at Freelance Heroes Day, says you have to you know, you have to have a job is such an industrial revolution complex. And it, yeah. it is. I mean, my parents, I'm still not entirely sure they know what I do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, neighbors, when I talk to them going, um, you know, how I know spoken to in the early days and they'd say, um, how's um, uh you know how's the lockdown and stuff well you know i work from home anyway so from yeah. that perspective it doesn't really change oh we you know it's it's a kind of oh you work from home already dear that's all that's all right then and i'm like but i uh, start don't belittle me because i'm the one picking up your amazon deliveries that's a different yeah. story. Yes. Um, and then secondly um it's um and again it's that notion and i think that this would have changed that too because there is another angle to this that businesses will look for the support of freelancers, but will often look within their locality because they'll think, well, at some point I want to meet you and have a coffee. And yeah. fine, I get that. In some business cases, there is an integral part in that. But I do think the enforced lockdown means, hang on, even though you're down the road, I have to uh, work with you on a project, um, but I'm not going to get to see you anyway. Does that then mean that I don't have to look in my immediate locality when I'm looking for a freelancer for future projects. And I think that this is going to open up the opportunities for freelancers to connect with bigger businesses and to pitch either ways across the country, let alone across the remove the borders of there too, which I think is, is um, it, yeah. you know, there, there will be, there is a powerful point that comes from this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, two of my customers are not even based in England. I work for a company in Finland, Neilan and Company. So I've had a contract that keeps renewing with them providing support whenever I need and then the customer that's actually given me the lovely feedback this week is based in Spain and you know without all this going on you'd it might not have even that might not have even happened but and funnily enough that was a referral from another freelancer um who didn't have the time he said I recommend Helen, so fabulous uh yeah and that's been a it's been a fantastic project to work on and it has really has opened up doors and I think freelancing is so much more open to that than traditional employment. Um, yeah, the, the, we're definitely, well, I'm a designer without borders, I suppose. <laughs> Love it. Um, I, um, it, it calls, uh, I know on the, so on Twitter this week, um, when I put the post from Matthew that said that uh, freelancing does have an image problem. So just to confirm, we're not the gig economy. We're not just millennials blogging on the beach. Nice as that would be at the moment. Um, <laughs> And to be either a millennial or blogger on the beach, um, and we're not, and we are, we are top talent, and tomorrow's leading products will be built through us because we're the future of work, uh, and that absolutely galvanised so many opinions below that um, you know even robots and AI are going to change yes. it because we have the power to adapt our skills uh, to support our clients, and I think that's where the opportunity lies. Um, there is a, a post here as well, um, and. Rogers says, good afternoon to you, Anne. Happy Friday. Uh, interestingly, I've never really considered, hang on, jump up, um, never really considered uh, freelancers to be second class to employed people, because we're not, and that's understandably fair so, or those who can't get proper jobs. I've considered them to be experts in their own fields. I'm not shy about saying I freelance, but I do also oh. say I run my own business or I'm a publishing specialist. Absolutely. And I think that's so often the case of, of, of many freelancers who, you know, who, who, in part might think my Anne or might not and they say you know uh, i've only been freelancing for a year but yet you've got 10 years writing experience behind you so you haven't just yeah the fact that you've run a business for a year is is mute when it comes yeah. a new point when it comes to actually i've got 10 years of writing experience uh, or 11 years which is uh, far more beneficial of course we can just change the term freelance and as bernie says 
called ourselves independent economic agents, which has got a bit of a James yeah. Bond-esque feel to it, it too. Like. Yeah. Oh, um, and uh, one comment here that says, I started the journey due to a lack, you're right, I can see you, it's just, um, started this journey due to the lack of finding permanent employment and suffering the abuse associated with that scrounger label. I've since found work, but I hate it. I love the freedom that comes with choosing your own path, with spending your hours doing something you love versus doing it just for the paycheck. Going freelance is the way forward. When you have smaller movable parts versus large parts, it makes it easier to fit the pieces you need instead of making do with what you have. I think that's a good way mm -hmm. to bring that uh, conversation to uh, a close. A very valid point. Um, and, you know, you don't take a holiday from something that you love, right? It's just yeah. part of who you are. It's, it's, um, you can still have a holiday and still love it, but yeah. you, you don't, it, it has a different, it's like, I mean, oh, thank goodness it's Friday, you know, but you should love what you do during the week. I mean, we yeah. love the weekends, but you get the point. Okay. Um, so, um, I have been, um, we move on to the next topic and I've been, uh, talking uh, about this, uh, in a, in the community yesterday where, um, I created the post that said, should freelancers display prices on their websites? And it was a debate. So I pitched it in a position that freelancers should. So, so the idea being is that it reduces the challenge of awkward conversations further down the line or, um, you know, doesn't waste the time of someone who just can't fit into the budget before they've even had that conversation. Um, yeah. Now, I, I normally when I put one of the debate questions on. So uh, I know previously when I said, um, you know, should businesses work towards um charging by hour or per day or by project i have i i i have a belief on which side of the argument it should be and for me it's by project but we've talked about that so we're going to move on to this one i'm not sure where i sit in this i generally don't know i the people who should answer this are the people who are likely to employ freelancers and say yeah. oh, i see prices on a website or i don't but um well you've had a look at the thread and, and what are your thoughts yeah I'd when I first started out and I was more just offering the graphics, I did offer, I did put my prices on there. I provided packages that, they, you know, a logo and a business card and whatever together. And it was very upfront. I mean, that was also when I was charging peanuts for it and should have been charging about 10 times what I was. But I that's don't know. We'll come to that later. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. And that's, it's not through not wanting to or trying to hide my price. It's through the fact that there are so many variables with the projects I do now that it's really difficult to just give an upfront price because especially with me working across um, learning design, content design and graphics, and then there's all the different layers of within the learning design. Am I doing the writing, the design and the build? One of those, two of those. And also what are the customers? Um, what's the customer's content like when it comes to me? So some people give me fantastically developed uh, PowerPoints. Some people send me 10 bullet points and say, can you create an hour's learning out of this? There's there's just such such big variables on how much something's going to take. And, and like you say, I'm trying to head to project-based fees rather than a daily rate, which I've been on for quite a long time. Um, so that it's very difficult to give that idea. But one thing I'm thinking of doing is through the examples of work that I'm allowed to share, a lot of mine is under non-disclosure, but show some and say, you know, to get something like this, you're looking at an approximate cost of, and that might just give people a little bit more of a, an idea of, of where they're gonna be aiming for, whether, whether it's realistic. So 
yeah, that, that's maybe one way around it for me. <laughs> but you wouldn't, if you couldn't afford it, you wouldn't walk into Fortnum and Mason um, and oh, apart from obviously having a look around perhaps, but you wouldn't walk in there with the intent of buying if you knew you couldn't afford it, right? No. So is there an argument to say then that, okay, fair enough, I get that. And clearly the feedback from the post itself is that there are so many variables, it's not easy to do. And I think the general feeling was you limit yourself yeah. too tightly by not allowing that room for maneuver mm. but at the same time you don't want to waste time so where is therefore prices there are is an argument to put it on this is what i charge and they you know social media management might say this is what i will do and this is how much i'll, I'll charge for it but should it be i will charge so take your scenario i will charge from yeah this much because if any if your budget is below that i want to talk to you yeah, because it's a waste of a waste of time. Or again, is that too simplistic? I think the interesting thing with a lot of my customers is they do say upfront, "What's your day rate?" So I will tell them that, but they have no concept of how long a project's going to take. Well, so you know, you know why that's that's part of the reason why I'm not a fan of day rates. But anyway, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, not, it's all well and good them asking me my day rate, but when I come back and say that's four weeks' work, they suddenly go, ah, "Right, okay, no, can you do it in a week?" No, <laughs> so <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to move towards the project fee as well. Although I find that difficult sometimes when you you know you don't know a customer and they turn into a nightmare and it's back and forth forever. But um, yeah, I, I, it it is a real difficulty. I think you've got to play with the different versions really and see what works for you. And you know, so for some people, it's going to work that I can easily say. And I and I do find this with graphics; it's a lot easier to say. For an infographic, I charge X amount or from that amount. Um, but with something that's like minor, bigger projects that go on for weeks, sometimes months, it's much harder then to give a, a set fee, I think. Um, yeah, did that answer the question? It did, yeah. it did. Um, and one example here, although I, I, the, it, it does open another question, which is I have prices on my website for the two branding packages I offer and everything else is completely bespoke, so no prices on the website for things like brochures and marketing collateral. Yeah. My question would be to the person who posted this, which is do you have a price? If you've got prices for set packages, do you have a price from this will cost from X mm. amount of pounds for brochures? I mean, I would always say adding the from. Yeah, it's 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 quite you know again there's so much to it there's quite a bit quite a bit to um possibly include that that's difficult did, did you ever look through some of the answers in the thread and were there any that kind of stood out for you or got you thinking the other way at all no i, I was just quite surprised at how many were saying absolutely no actually i i really thought there'd be more saying yes um, I, mean, so I thought more would say no um, so yeah i think it was it was kind of the answers were expected i think and a lot of people said the same thing that you know projects are just so variable and i just don't even know where i'd begin but i would definitely say you know if you do want to do it always write from because people always want to tweak things they want to add on extras you know and making clear particularly in design things like how many rounds of amends are in there because you know i've had customers where you've got 20 rounds of amends and others see one and go yeah great done you know and, and it's off so you've got to factor in all that kind of thing as well and make clear that this is the initial price but and it includes xyz but if it goes over this agreement you know you're going to get charged more and and that's where the contracts and things come in as well isn't it 
Absolutely. I, Dawn Baird, who um, posted, uh, who responded to this by saying, I never get a job by offering a quote when all people are asking for is price. Yet I yeah. win almost all gigs. I quote for using a proposal. The cost has to be couched in the context of the projects in our field. I expect it's different for every business as we all offer a unique combo of services, even if some of us work in similar fields. Today, I asked someone from this group to quote me for a service. It was very reasonably priced, but that was definitely not my deciding factor. She also provided samples of work, which is what really sold me. Yeah. And she was super friendly. And I think half the battle is establishing some rapport with potential buyers. And you can't do that all if they see a bull price. And this is where I've yeah. always been leaning towards more, which is that actually, I don't want a client to choose me over price i want a client to choose me because i'm the best person that they uh for that project and you know i'm not saying that i'm turning down work in that for that reason but you get the point i don't want to i don't want to be attractive because of prices you know you look at bigger brands do you remember back in the day when pizza express started doing their you can get sneaky little vouchers online if you look carefully completely belittled their brand and yeah. weren't able to ever raise their prices in quite the same way again and um, yeah. it, you know, it's a race to the bottom, isn't it? When we, when we're yeah. too price focused. I think we're chronic underchargers as well as freelancers. There's so many of us that you know. How, do you have that imposter syndrome thing of, you know, you go to say a price and suddenly knock fifty quid, hundred quid, whatever off it? And I do that all the time, or let people barter with me. But and I, I, you know, I'm trying to get a bit more of a resolve with that. But I do like having the conversation about price because I can really make clear that. I'm offering more than your standard instructional designer. You know, I am offering the full the full journey, the design build uh, writing, and there's not many that do that um, and that do it to the standard. So I, I do like to be able to at least have that conversation, like you say, rather than just go, oh, I'm X amount for this day or that's going to cost you three grand or whatever. I like to just really explain that value they're going to get from working from me. And, and, and that's worked well with me. And, and even when I did suddenly get a, moment of confidence last year and finally put my price up you know the the guy came in and said well that's more than i normally pay but i know you offer the value and, and that, that's it that it's perceived value it's not about the actual cost it's the perceived value yeah yeah i so, had a very bizarre negotiation last year um when um i was offered some work um by uh by someone and i said look because of of you know conversations and stuff i i took a conscious reduction of the price that I pitched to, for the work. Um, <laughs> they then came back and went, no, 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 we feel that's too low. We're going to pay you this, which is more than I would normally charge. It was a strange negotiation. I'd like all clients <laughs> like to do that. this. I want all clients to come and offer me to pay me more money than I would normally charge. And then I can yeah. barter them down in some strange sitcom-esque fashion, I have to say. it's uh, it, was, <laughs> it was very odd. Yeah. Um, a couple of comments. Uh, to show. Uh, one says here, I prefer uh, to have a baseline range of prices before I engage. I hate having to waste time quoting with various people only to find I can't afford them. I think it would be useful to state how the price might change based on project needs. And you know, again, I think many people would agree with that. I think yeah. the challenge is, is that, you know, sometimes it's, you know, how much do you move that line to accommodate so what, what things you do you charge extra for, what things do you incorporate? And, and it can't, but I, you know, it works for so many, of course. And Neil says here, uh, so difficult to display prices. I'm happy to charge X for a smaller customer if I know that's all they have and I want to work with them. And I think that last part there is so critical. Yeah. But I feel if a bigger corporate wants to work with me and they have the budget, I wouldn't hesitate to charge more. And if you put that on your website, you're pigeonholing yourself from that. There was one comment I read 
uh, and I can't was this I can't remember from the thread uh, from a coach who said, look, in America they pay a lot more for coaches than they do in the UK. So if I work in international clients and I put my prices down, am I going to alienate those who think too cheap, not very good? Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I guess you have to weigh that up between who's your bigger audience. And if your American audience is your bigger audience, then appeal the prices to them too. I mean, there's yeah. always that famous image, right? You've seen the, um, the fact that Tiffany's sell a paperclip for £150. <laughs> yes. uh, so it's it's what you pay for uh, a perceived value, yeah. which is... Which uh, yeah, and, and I think a, a big point there, which I agree with, is the enjoyment of it as well. So I've got my little uh, mantra for 2021. Oh, I'm knocking everything off the wall now. But in 2021, <laughs> I will only take on projects which excite me and bring me joy. So... You know, and I'm willing to maybe be paid a little bit less if it's a project that I just think I really want to be in, engaged with this. I want to, you know, and I'm even doing a side project with someone that I've met online at the moment where we're not getting paid for it. We will do eventually when we launch it and stuff, hopefully through a Kickstarter and various things. But it's something I love and I want to work on it. And it's it's just really enjoyable. So you've got to look at your own values and, and what you're going to get from it as well. <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that links in perfectly to what we're going to talk about next. Just a um, uh, a couple of, and actually, can we? Can I ask you to do me a favour? Can you take a photo of that? We're going to put it in the comments in yeah. the Facebook group. I think we'll add to that, or put it on a Twitter and add the Freelance Heroes hashtag so that people can uh, can find it. Because I think, as a couple of people say, you know, Becky says um, that you know it's great. We've got a great mantra. I think a lot of people will resonate with that. And I want to come back to that in a moment. If you have just joined us, welcome to Thank Freelance. It's Friday. It's a weekly chat where I have a different guest host. Helen set the bar very high, I have to say, um, oh, for future discussions. <laughs> um, and um, uh, so that we can talk about some of the topics that have been um, more, the more engaged topics in the community over the past week, um, both in the group and also the Freelance Heroes Twitter chat as well, which leads us to the next topic which is about and the reason why i say this is because it links in with your mantra quite well which is okay what happens if you at what point do you say no because it's not ticking the boxes of a client that enthuses you or that it's work you look forward to doing and well i'll ask you give it what times have you what what are your experiences of saying no to a client helen it's been a learning curve put it that way i am a I'm a beggar for like people pleasing for a start. So I don't want to let people down. Uh, and I, you know, I mean, Becky knows this. She's, she's been on a call with me where we've talked about this and she's given me a talking to. Um, but I, you know, I will take things on and I take too much on and, you know, I've very much been in that place this week, but I am learning to say no. And I think that mantra for a start that I wrote this year was all about that because I have taken a couple of projects on in the last year where I just don't enjoy it or it's you know a case where the company's processes and the way they work just don't align with how I work and it's it doesn't mean one of us is wrong it's just that we're not aligned and you know it would suit other people tremendously and that's fine so you, th there is a real learning curve when you're freelancing and I think certainly when you start out you feel like you've got to say yes to everything because you don't know where what's coming from and then obviously when the pandemic hit I said yes to everything because one of my contracts went on hold and it was that you know where's going to work going to come from and in reality because of my visibility and stuff i've actually had a st steady stream of work so i've actually i've got to the point where now 
almost daily I do have to say no to people and it's and I say it based on either the topic doesn't excite me um there might be something in their values that doesn't align with me um it's maybe part of the project they want me to do is something that I don't enjoy as much so sometimes I don't enjoy the sort of build side as much depending on what it is especially if I've not written the content it's much more fun when I've done the full process um so th there's, there's all different things and I think you get that gut feeling when you're talking to someone and either get very excited which I do too often I get a bit like big child and all enthusiastic for a new project um and then there's that thing where you just think actually no or you've worked with them before and you think that was hard you know and i'm not going down that road again um so it, it's a real it's, it's a real balancing act i think and it's definitely one that's been a challenge for me <laughs> and this is a confidence issue as well it's certainly for yeah. many new freelancers because when you you know you, you want to take on you want to say yes to everything because you know you're starting out or you're worried about the future or you think well i can take more work and then i can invest so what would you say to someone who hasn't experienced saying no, but at the same time, they then, um, you know, it's going to be an issue where they're going to come across a client they don't want to work with or it's work they don't want to do. But obviously you don't want to cause your own reputational damage by doing it in a harsh way because you might want to work. Yeah. They might refer you if you do it in the right way. So what advice would you give to someone who hasn't experienced this so that they can address yeah. it in the right way for them and the client? I think you've you've got to really lodge in your head why you're saying no. So is it that is it just down to price? Is it down to something? You know, if it's just down to price, you might be able to negotiate because um, they will always come in at the lower thing. And sometimes some have come back with me and said, "Well, we'll give you what you're asking for, actually, so you can do it." And sometimes it comes down to deadlines. You know, I mean, there's projects I've really wanted to work on, but I haven't got time in my schedule till like May now, at least. So some people are happy to wait some aren't and in which case you've just got to say i'm sorry i can't but i think there's a like i said there's a real knack to letting people down and and the big thing it's like it comes back to what i was saying earlier i'm really sorry i want to do it but i can't here's someone that might be able to help you out great you know recommend someone else in your industry and if you've got that network built up there's usually someone in there that is more than happy to to you know have a call with that client or you know you like you might just think their skills are better fit um so i quite regularly will post on either twitter or in like one of my networks and just say this project's coming but i've got absolutely no time is there anyone that wants to work on it um or the other option take on subcontractors like i have and then see if they want to work on it um so you've got a range of options but i think it's it is that thing that you've got to really lodge in your head and <laughs> heart like this is not for me or you know these are my reasons why and just be forceful but not rude with it just be really forthright i think um, I, think, I think confidence is the is, yeah. is, is 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 i mean easier said than done of course there is um i can't remember who this was it richard branson or it might have been someone else who said um i um say yes to everything and work out how to do it later yeah, I, I I don't agree with it because I think I that, that for you know it's in terms of if you're looking to to move your direction into if someone wants you to do a piece of work that you hadn't done before but you want to do that then then there's an argument for that I but yeah. I don't I don't subscribe to that. No, I, I saw a conversation about that earlier this week actually, and I was real. My initial reaction was exactly the same. No, 
don't do it. Leave that project for someone that has got the experience and the skills and can do a really good job of it. Unless, like you say, it is something that you don't do, but you want to, in which case I'm always up front with the customer and say, I haven't done it before, but I'm willing to give it a bash. Um, and I have done that before, um, but I don't regularly make a habit of it because also those projects then take you ages. So whereas someone that knows how to do it could do it in an hour, it takes you five hours and that's not a good use of your time. So, yeah, I, it gives me the icky feeling that one. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, Becky uh, adds a point here that says, um, if I look at the comments and, and feel free to add your own experiences, have you ever said no to a client? And what impact did that have on you? And, and how did it feel? I'd love to know. Re, uh, do mm -hmm. put it in the comments box. Becky says, saying no leaves spaces for the right stuff to come through, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And that's very much a confidence thing, of course. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, you know, if you have a doubt with a client, go with your gut um, because it's rarely wrong. Yeah. I have to say. Um, yeah. Michael leaves a comment here that says, I always present a client with options of an hourly rate. Oh, we'll come back to the rates. Um, actually, no, Michael, I'm going to come back to that point in a moment, um, which goes back to, to the rates, which I think, it, oh, no, he does say, say no. I'm going to come back in. You can tell this <laughs> is the best one. I always present a client with options of an hourly rate and a day rate along with estimated um, uh, full project cost. That way they can choose which payment option suits them. It also really helps with saying no scenario to tool as they have the option to test the water with you and vice versa. Yeah. I do a lot of work that way. I love that, Michael. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, and I've, it's, sorry, I suppose that ties into the whole thing of sometimes I have taken a project on at a lower rate because I've wanted to do it and, you know, they've made quite clear they've not got much money, but I've made clear it's a lower rate and that in future it would have to be more or it would be a no. Um, mm. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, I, I've got a project that I did some sort of lower rate work with um, and then, you know, I've worked with them for nearly a year and then we've had to shift all that stuff now online. So it's almost like a second phase. And I've had, to, I've had to go back and say, well, you know, I'm charging more this time. And, you know, because they've like, comes back to what I was saying before, but they've seen the value. They were just like, yeah, fine. And yeah, it, I mean, it's all tied together, isn't it? No, it is. Absolutely. I mean, for example, if I was throwing it out there, you can sign up to freelance-heroes.com, try it out for a month. And if you don't like it, then it yeah. won't cost you anything. But if you do, then subscribe. Just, you know, just as an example mm. is all I'm saying, of course. Yeah. Um, Emma says, um, always go with your gut, um, which I think is <laughs> a, a, a firm rule there. And, you know, we can often learn from that, that too. Yeah. Um, and it also ties into, and you started talking about this yourself as well, which is that we have to find that balance when we are, um, especially when so many businesses have been impacted by the pandemic, clients have put reining in budgets, um, perhaps, and, you know, we're having to look to diversify or, um, you know, look for work outside our traditional marketing means, et cetera. And sometimes that confidence in saying no is, is impacted more greatly as a result. So how do we and how have you looked to find more work during um well you know the environment that we're in yeah I'm to not say unprecedented times <laughs> pivot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean i i think i had a slight advantage in that before all this hit 
I'd been really working on my visibility already for a year. Um, I'd been in a couple of mentorship groups and um, doing some work with Becky, who's on here about, you know, trying to get up my confidence up to use video. Because uh, believe it or not, a year ago, I was saying I would never be on video. Now my mug's everywhere. <laughs> um, do it so well. I know. Um, yeah, so I had been working on my visibility somewhat already. But then I think the things that have really helped me have been to connect with people. So, yeah, it comes back to this thing of being really visible in the freelance communities because I have had referrals from there. I've had um, customers refer me on to other people because of the value. I've made sure that I'm doing things like asking for testimonials and, and recommendations now and actually publicizing them. Um, I write for an industry journal, which has given me quite a lot. Uh, more of following uh, in in slightly different areas as well, not just in e-learning because it's for technical writers um, and it brings in a whole heap of, of industries. So there's just things that where I've really been managing to establish my expertise and started to get more opportunities, even down to like I was asked to do a video for a careers day thing because obviously all the kids have missed out on work experience for the last year. Um, so just little things like that that really helped get my name out there. And, I, you know, I started getting bombarded with requests for interviews and things like that. And they've, they've all opened up avenues and people have started to, well, it comes back to the business name, really recognise Unlikely Genius and see it everywhere now. And I keep getting people saying, you're everywhere. I can't get you off my screen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's why, because I've really taken the time to really establish my LinkedIn profile to really get known in various communities and engage with people and help others. And then, you know, when I'm having a rubbish day, they help me and things. Um, so it's all about relationships and visibility for me, definitely, and establishing that expertise. So get on LinkedIn, write some articles on there, get blogging and linking to that and publicizing it everywhere. Um, even things like write 52 community where we write a blog post a week for a year and i actually did that i can't, can't believe i managed it so i finished that in june but that was a great little community and they send a newsletter out with with links to all the blog posts each week and you know i got great response to things like that as well and it practiced my writing skills mm, I bet. So, yeah it it takes time and it takes a, a lot of your time during the week but get yourself out there yeah. so i so I have to ask the question then as a devil's advocate to, you know, there is that catch 22 scenario of I want more client work, but you're asking me to, um, to do all this on my own profile, et cetera. So what should, what should be the payoff? What's the time balance between, so how much do you spend on you and getting yourself out there, which you've done very successfully and, and it is absolutely worth going to see Helen's social channels as a result, but what's that, um what what's the um yeah what's the payoff well i must admit my best investment of 2020 was hiring a va because i was spending hours on it so i know there's a lot of people watching this are going to go yes absolutely yeah, that's yeah. the one <laughs> well, i tell you what because I, I was like i'm a control freak i just thought no i can't do this but within the first month i was like you know what she has just saved me hours of time because where i would have spent hours and hours scheduling content I fling some stuff together and throw it to her and she's brilliant. She's got it done within an hour or so. And it's like, that would take me hours. So for the for what I pay her, that means that I can then be getting on with my actual client work. It is just, it's a no brainer for me. 
So, you know, like with my newsletter, I'll write it into a Word document, whatever, fling it away. She corrects all my errors and my spellings and, and <laughs> that rubbish, builds it for me and schedules it. And that time is so valuable. I definitely recommend building a relationship with a VA or something because that that really is good. And with, and with other freelancers as well, because once you've built that network of other freelancers, people share your stuff. So when I post things, on, they will then retweet it and link, they'll comment on LinkedIn and it all increases your visibility. So yeah, for the first year I was spending probably two or three hours a week scheduling, well, writing blog posts, uh, trying to get some form of Twitter habit together because I, I really didn't understand Twitter, to be honest at the time. <laughs> uh, but now I'd say I probably do an hour a week, maybe two at a push if, I, if I'm writing a big kind of blog post or something. Uh, and Suzanne Bless is so patient with me because I'm terrible with my deadlines for my own stuff and obviously client work always comes first. But um, in fact, late delivering of this one, the latest one. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so... That's right, blame me, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fault, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I'd, I'd say about an hour a week at the moment. It adds up to over the month. And that sounds and um, you know, there's having that network network of um, of people is invaluable. I, I would add something else into that too, if I may, which is um, so many freelancers are in a fortunate position to say they're really busy, and that's great. Yeah. But don't wait until you're quiet before you start doing something about yes. it. Um, yeah. we, you know, because it, because it takes time. There, you know, as you know. Uh, um, John Asperian said when uh, we chatted the other week, it's you know it's it's like learning a new language. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. So you've got to build that momentum, and you can't if you're going to wait until you're quiet before you do that, then you're going to have a big quiet period. Yeah. So you've balanced that brilliantly because you're busy, you're very visual, so the chances of your order book staying busy for longer increases dramatically. Yeah, definitely. And the, the consistency is a big thing because I do sometimes find myself in peaks and troughs. But again, having the VA there means at least I've got at least a baseline. So, yeah, I can raise it above that. Some weeks I'm really visible. Other weeks I might not be so much, but at least I know there's always certain things going out. And um, yeah, I, and it is hard when you're busy and when you're all, I've been really overwhelmed the last few weeks with various things going on in personal life, in work, you know, but if you can just create that kind of space for yourself and accountability groups are great for this where you maybe set an hour or two aside a week or a month or whatever just to schedule a lot of stuff in so you've at least got that something two or three posts a week going out that can really help and it just it does help the algorithms with linkedin and all that kind of thing um so that's that has been i think a, a big push for me that the that's what's helped me definitely um, um which is great we've, we've um uh, got about 12 minutes left and there's a few more things i want to discuss one of which is that you mentioned a couple of times in your answer there about a community so it'd be um you know uh, a mr you know foolish of me not to ask given the nature of you know what freelance heroes is about to ask how important being part of a community has been to kind of building up unlikely genius well, it's definitely been big for me. I mean, you know, I've been in a few of these open communities. I'm in a two or three accountability ones. Um, and it just helps give you that sense of 
working with other people as well, which I think is really nice. So you're never quite alone. You can you you can always go onto like Twitter or LinkedIn or the Facebook group, and you know if you want a second opinion on something post it there and someone will give it you or if you're really stuck on something or you're procrastinating and you need to kick up the backside someone will do that for you and I it really helps me I think just to know that it's that there's always people there and there's always someone you who understands because you know like we were saying earlier people that don't, aren't freelancers don't always understand um, especially with when it comes to things like peaks and troughs and, and all that side of things um so I, I find them really valuable and like they're so good at bigging each other up freelancers and i, I know i really do notice it in the community people will so happily cheer you on or rant with you or sell you send you a well-timed gif like when you just need something stupid um people regularly send me pictures of rabbits just because they think you know, she's the rabbit woman. Here you go. Here's something cute for you, dear. I did not know you were the rabbit woman. I like oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, just catching up with some of the um, uh, comments. Um, I um, I like this. This is kind of adds to our call to our call to arms for the and, and kind of sums up what you were talking about there as well. With great change comes great response, a great opportunity when old ways fall down. New ways are needed. So it might take time, but we can build a new path for freelancers. Yes. yes. Get in there. Um, Alex uh, adds uh, shows putting yourself out there and connecting with others is so worth it. Obviously, in response to your story. Uh, and also, he loves your whiteboard paper in the background, too. <laughs> I don't yeah. live without those or post-its. That is, they are my life. <laughs> uh, very worthwhile. I like it. If you ever get the chance to watch uh, any of Joe Glover's videos too, he's got a blackboard yes. behind him with some, you know, yeah. wonderfully drawn notes and art on there too. That was great. Brilliant. Um, Emma agrees with you about VAs. Getting the right VA has transformed how I work and my marketing. And so often it's, you know, I, I can't really afford it, but there is the argument. Can you afford oh, not the value to is just, free up yeah. time to then do more chargeable work as well, which is great. Yeah. Um, and uh, also just knowing you're not alone in this is worth everything. And I think more so uh, now than ever. But, you know, yeah. as I've said frequently, 2020 has obviously been a tough year. 21 is going to be a tough year. But then for different reasons and for different people, 2019 was a tough year. And so yeah. will 2025 be. Um, it, it, it just affects different people in different ways, not just from a pandemic. So uh, yes. being part of a community is, uh, is so key for that. Right. If anyone does have any questions for Helen or myself, do please ask them. Here's a couple. Be Becky asks, what's next for Unlikely Genius? Oh, Becky is why. Uh, well. <laughs> well done, Becky. I think is what I Helen know. is Nicely shoehorned in. It's like she's passed through yeah. the ball. It's an open goal. Off I you know. Go. Well, <laughs> well, there's a book for a start. Well, yes, exactly. The the book will hopefully be out. Well, it will be. It will be published this year. Twenty thousand words in, so we're sort of halfway well there. Done. Um, so that's about going from corporate to freelance and shifting yourself from that mindset of you know living by someone else's rules and values to having a thriving business and you know what my journey was and how you can do the same um yeah because i was definitely chewed up and spat out by the corporate world so it's it, yeah and i know a lot of other freelancers were too um and then other than that well becky's going to keep me on with the videos so we've just been messaging this morning about interviews and stuff so we'll be doing lots more getting my face out there and becky's and oh my god genius yeah I've, got new branding. I've redone my branding so that's being launched soon Oh, well, look forward to um, look forward to seeing that. Um, 
question here from Michael. And, and actually, you know, saying how a lot of people have kind of how freelancers have been chewed up and spat out. Um, HMRC often have a way of making us feel that way. So Michael asked, do you feel that HMRC see us as a bit of a burden? Well, you know, it's a, it's a funny one because my very first contracting role as when I launched myself solo was at HMRC for 10 months. <laughs> so, You've seen it from both sides. Yeah, exactly. They do see, absolutely see us as a burden, but then they're paying people a fortune to sit on the floor and de redevelop the, all the Brexit projects. I worked on an exports project. Um, so yes, absolutely. But they actually use them uh, to their advantage. So it's a funny, funny old situation, that one. Um, yeah, and it come, in fact, one thing I was going to say earlier when we were talking about day rates and stuff, listening to that podcast with Babs the other day of yours, uh, one of your latest episodes, she was talking about not looking like you're charging by day rates and things because of IR35 and HMRC and stuff. So that that was quite an interesting uh, question, actually, yeah. And, and, and some really useful stuff about IR35 in, in that podcast, yeah, too, which, had, which kind yeah. of made it seem a lot less stressful. Um, yes. But I think there is a so I understand Michael's question here. I don't know whether they see us as a burden as such, but there is a clear lack of understanding yes. within the corridors of power as to who freelancers are. We often get put with contractors who work full-time with other companies, IR35 being a, um, a yeah. driver, which is why that's been brought in, but also puts freelancers together with gig economy um, workers too. So, you know, um, Just Eat riders and um, Amazon delivery drivers and stuff, which is all, you know, Pimico plumbers, et cetera, you know, all very good and very valid work, but not the yeah. same as the multi-client, multi-skilled element of, of the freelance that is withheld within the freelance economy. So I think, when there's no different as long as there's no differentiation between that we're always going to feel like we are second class citizens to hmrc and to the to um the treasury and to everyone else in government yeah absolutely well said I feel better for that um <laughs> uh, another question here crikey five minutes so i've still got one more to go which is how do you relearn to be your own person and make your own decisions when the corporate world is the opposite it yeah they, it, honestly oh, got... <laughs> been, i know Honestly, I'm going to have to. <laughs> the book's coming with exactly that. But um, yeah, it it really was a thing of having to look inside of what what I defined as success for a start, um, because what I defined as success was not what the corporate ladder deems as success. What my values are, and you know what the, the corporate worlds were, and and they they, they were so not aligned. Um, I had to really just start looking at myself a lot. And it sounds really cliche, but things like meditation and mindfulness and journaling and all that kind of thing really helped. Um, because I really had to just, I mean, I was rock bottom. I was absolutely rock bottom when I left and, and had to throw myself into into uh, full-time self-employment. Um, so I think, but in a way that helped because I, I could start from scratch and just really, the big thing was being myself. So being in the corporate world, they did not appreciate the sloth-loving, bunny-loving buffoon I was, um, turning up on crutches every month because I'd injured myself doing whatever. And that was really... But in the freelance world, it is so embraced. And I think you've got to just learn to put yourself out there as you. And the reactions are great. The, the response to that is never negative. Um, mm -hmm. So that was a huge learning curve for me the fact that i could just suddenly be myself and people were like oh this is amazing and oh i want to work with you because you're fun and but you know your stuff at the same time and that that was massive 
And that's the differentiator. There are many writers and there are many designers. There are many who, like you, do both. Yeah. But there's only one Helen Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what puts us head and shoulders above others. But I think it's a confidence thing too, you know, baby yeah. steps. Yes. in kind of sharing oh, that if, if that's the uh, if that's the issue right one more thing that i just want to briefly talk about um this coming may it's our fifth year our fifth birthday um so i put a question out as to what people want to talk about now i wanted to have a branded bus to go around the country i'm limited by of course um lack of movement so i'm oh, thinking yeah. i might do a branded virtual bus and do a virtual <laughs> tour around the country. So if anyone knows where I can get a virtual branded, I mean, I'm not just, this is a, this is a clock that was given to me here, but if I can get, it doesn't have to be a mini bus, it could be a London bus, but if anyone knows where I can get a branded bus, model bus, and then we're gonna do a virtual tour around the country and hey. uh, for um, for this coming May. But um, I asked a question as to to what people wanted and I was quite surprised by the results in it, um, uh, that came through um, in one regard. And, and I like the fact that there is a positivity because what came up was growing a freelance business was the top and yeah. um, you know, increased productivity and confidence in your own products. And, and naturally, imposter syndrome came up there too. Mm -hmm. What would you like? I think definitely I see that confidence is a thing for, for a community as a whole. And to be honest, after our chat today about how we can change these perceptions of the freelance world, I think, that, I think we should have, really have a... A focus on that and how it's we going to be the focus of the day the theme of a, it is yeah definitely and obviously you know my um my history with competitiveness a bit of a fun game yes <laughs> party games this is the uh, after party uh from freelance heroes day last november um you're very much a competitive element um i i think my favorite was this uh it was one of those you know those zoom calls where you had to go and find something to begin with the letter is it g your your yeah. husband and um he was sitting there and saying go find something with g and you just kind of grabbed him around the neck <laughs> and yanked him on camera completely unsuspectedly such was your level of competitiveness i uh i, yeah, I was, was very impressed he was thrilled about that <laughs> Um, if uh, you want uh, to connect with Helen, please do go to unlikelygenius.com and your social links will be on there. Connect yeah. with Helen on Twitter or uh, on YouTube. Uh, sorry, on Twitter and, uh, well, soon maybe YouTube um, and uh, LinkedIn as well. Um, and also subscribe to the video. We'll be back next Friday. How was this for you? Oh, it was great. Really, really good fun. It was a nice end to the week, actually. Brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for being such a great part of it. Thanks for all the comments and questions for everyone watching. Um, and we'll be back again with another guest next Friday at 12. Until then, have a great week. Yay. I love that. I really love that. There were so many good comments and discussion points from there. Helen was brilliant too. Uh, so thank you if you tuned in at the time and took part. If you want to watch a future episode every Friday on YouTube or in the Facebook group, uh, 12 o'clock GMT, or work out your time zone from there. And if you want to be a guest then join the portal, freelance-heroes.com, become a member, and you can be a guest on it too, amongst many other benefits as well. Right, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, join us again. Uh, next week, we talk to the person that I said last week we were going to talk to this week. Such is life. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, the impact of digital mums and the creation of what has been, well, it, it's spawned so many freelancers over recent years as well so we're going to talk to the founder next week until then have a great week bye for now